the beauty of Web3 versus Web2 is that Web3 is encouraging and, and empowers transparency. It also allows us to scale and, and create movements in ways that we were often either siloed or pre- prevented. And, and especially you know, for you know, our women audience or those that identify as women or non-binary that have been for far too long, you know, not only not given the seat at the table, but when given the seat at the table, not given the voice or the impact that, that we needed. Welcome to the Sisterhood Club podcast, where we talk all things business, Web3 and NFTs. We're on a mission to educate, elevate and empower women into the world of Web3. So join us on this journey as we learn together from leading experts. And remember, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So please do your own research and enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sisterhood Club podcast with myself, Georgie Hubbard. And me, Pam Caldwell. And today we are very excited as we have our first male guest on the Sisterhood podcast. And I couldn't ask for a better male guest because today we are joined with the one and only Brian Fanzo. And I just want to say before we get into this conversation today that um, Fanzo has really influenced Pam and I and our Web3 journey and definitely helped us navigate this bear market, kept us motivated, inspired us, educated us. I've listened to his podcast every single day since he started. And uh, just want to say, Fanzo, like, thank you, because running our own podcast, we know how much work it, work goes into it. So I've yeah. got so much respect for you for doing it every single day and being a guest on a podcast as well. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Um, I just want to take a moment to really say that it is inspiring and thank you so much. And it's just absolutely great to have you here today. I mean, that, now you set the bar. I, I have to really deliver on this episode now. I, uh, but I mean, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. No, thank you so much for the kind words. I'm honored to be the the first, uh, you know, male guest. And you know, for me, you know, the reason that I do the podcast every single day and the motivation is, you know, hearing amazing things like that and just knowing the you know impact you know I've been able to make. And today was you know episode 284. So 284 days in a row has been a uh, a wild ride. But this is the fun part because I now get to sit on this side and and have a good conversation. So uh, I appreciate you having me and and really you know I appreciate the kind words. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, let's kick off because a lot of people in Web3 will know you as Fanzo. But before we get into like what you're doing now and your podcast and your journey, take take us back. Like what, um, you know, what's your background and, and what got you into Web3? What was your journey like from you know, sort of web two into web three. Sure. No, yeah. Happy to, to share. Um, you know, for me, uh, you know, I went to school uh, thinking I was going to be a, a sports broadcaster. And then I realized you had to be good at journalism and English. And that was not the strong suits of mine. Uh, and so <laughs> I kind of, uh, I jumped over to computer science and worked in the computer side. Uh, but I was never great at computer science, but I could understand uh, some of the methodology. And I ended up you know, getting a job for the U.S. government uh, in cybersecurity, uh, interestingly enough. And, uh-huh. and during the interview, they asked me like three questions about cybersecurity if I knew. And I answered no to all three and because I didn't know anything about cyber. And they were like, well, we don't have to unlearn you of anything. Uh, and we feel like you have 
good communication skills, which was something uh, that was kind of lacking in the early 2000s in cybersecurity. And, you know, I worked there for a decade, uh, 10 years at the government in cybersecurity, traveled to, at the time, it was 54 countries. I've now had the luxury of being at, into 76 countries total. Uh, and mostly was worked around helping different branches of the military, uh, U.S. military at different bases in different countries, uh, collaborate and share cybersecurity policies. So a lot of what my job was to do was like to translate like why this technology mattered. And, you know, I was in war zones from Iraq, Afghanistan to, you know, different military bases, just trying to help them understand why the tech was there and then how we could like kind of simplify it. And uh, I loved it. It was an amazing, you know, job. And I, uh, I got promoted and they had said something like, you're going to work in cybersecurity for the rest of your life. And, and cybersecurity was kind of taking off. And uh, something I've learned about myself is that uh, I don't like complacency. I don't like, I get scared of, of, a, of a place of complacency. And, uh, and I ended up leaving that, that job about two weeks after I got promoted and, and said, so I don't want to work in cybersecurity the rest of my life. I'm not really sure what it is I want to do, but the, the dream job that I always looked at was, uh, Guy Kawasaki at Apple, which he was a technology evangelist. Mm-hmm. He was really, you know, Steve Jobs right hand yep. person. And I always loved because he explained it as he wasn't a salesperson. He wasn't a marketer. He was someone that was building community and helping people see through a lot of the technology. And uh, I was lucky to do that for a couple of years at a startup. Uh, and then I went on my own and I've been on my own now uh, about nine years. And I, you know, I'm a full-time keynote speaker, travel around the world, speaking at, at different events. And, you know, I actually started talking blockchain, funny enough, uh, back in 2015, because I loved the transparency that blockchain enabled. Like that's what got me excited. Like I didn't, uh, and actually I, I, there's a, there's a tweet now that I don't think it's famous tweet. It's kind of a, I, I said, you know, I love the blockchain, but I, I really hope that cryptocurrency doesn't become the first mass adopted use case of the blockchain. And I was definitely wrong mm-hmm. on that one. It definitely became, uh, you know, kind of the, <laughs> the first adoption. And funny enough, it's, it actually kind of scared me away from the space early on. Like three years ago, uh, I was actually on a podcast called the Bad Crypto Podcast. Uh, and I was like, guys, I don't, I don't, want to deal with like the financial component and there seems like to be a barrier to entry and only the rich get richer and and there was like these bros that were in there that I don't get a, along very well with the kind of bro-y uh, mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I kind of saw the light uh, of what like a smart contract was and I was like wait a second like someone can own this and it can unlock things within a community and, and unlock our, our ways to do things and uh, I mean I guess you could say it's all history now it's been uh, almost two years uh, of kind of, you know, kind of jumping into to Web3 and, you know, we launched the podcast uh, last November and that kind of brings us up to date. And, you know, I'm a proud girl dad of three little girls. They're uh, 12, 11 uh, and nine years old. So, you know, I have the the extra motivation that I, I hopefully get to help kind of carve out a, a future that, you know, they'll be proud to live in as well. Amazing. I love that. And there's just, there's, there's a lot to sort of unpack in that journey there. Like first, I'd like to touch upon your entry, um, like with the whole cybersecurity space. Georgie and I actually run an IT recruitment firm. That's been our first business that we launched together. So I've worked in IT recruitment for like 16 years and it is so unique to find someone in the space that has got these real elevated communication skills mm-hmm. coupled with the technology skills as well. So I love that you've actually, you, you know, you capitalized on that and you've used it as a place to be 
able to educate maybe and speak tech speak to non-technical people mm-hmm. and really bring people on a journey by having that ability to really break things down into layman's terms and make make the entry into technology seem really achievable to your average person because I think the the tech talk can really scare people off and that's probably what you know puts a lot of women off mm. in terms of like gaining into entry into the space because we even just from like a general software development um, perspective or you know the diversity just in technology as a whole never mind web three we really try to do our best where possible to provide diversity in the short lists that we we give to companies but trying to get more women into the space is a challenge even in web 2 never mind web 3 so it really is amazing that you're actually using the softer skills that you've got Mm -hmm. you know and really making sure that you're making an impact in the web 3 world and just when you mentioned Guy Kawasaki there from Apple um, I was lucky enough to be at an event a couple of years ago Startup Grind in Melbourne Mm -hmm. wow right that guy has got such a presence Mm -hmm. you know I was hanging on his every word and actually until that event I, I actually didn't know who he was and then I started following them afterwards and you know when you've got that ability to really command an audience and really get people hooked what a skill and it's almost it's criminal to not use the fact that you've got that skill Mm -hmm. to make an impact in the world and I think like that's absolutely what you have you know as as Georgie kicked off by saying you really have inspired us and helped with educating us in the space as well and it's like you've you've you bring the energy and it's like it's captivating and you can captivate an audience so that would take me nicely onto like my first question like you really have managed to capture a real loyal following Fanzo and like rightly so um but what do you feel has been like your secret sauce for really building that community up but not just Mm -hmm. building it up right you've you've really managed to keep a loyal following very engaged so what is that secret sauce and and how have you gone about that (laughs) well i mean i love the question and i will say you know I have to give a shout out just from the, the previous comment, uh, to some of my early bosses. I had a couple of bosses that didn't look at my age or my experience and say, you don't get to do these things. They looked at it and said, Hey, you're comfortable being the communicator. You're comfortable being the face. We'll put you on stage, even though I was the youngest, uh, on the team. And, and I like to think web three removed some of the barriers that others, you know, were not able to have. Uh, and I'd also just throw in, you know, I think. Oftentimes technology, the, com- the complexity of technology is often used as a, as a, as a weapon to make people feel as though it's harder to get in, right? It's like if others feel like this is so complex, they'll either not get in and I have no competition or they'll have to hire me to get in. And I've felt like that has been, uh, really a shame. And I think that's partially what motivates me to, to learn. I, I love to go as deep as I humanly possibly can to learn so that I can then come out and translate it. And uh, I'll just say, I wish I had, I wish I knew that there was a job like through college in my early career that was just really translating the geek speak, right? Like that's really what I did in my, yeah. in my career, but there was no like job that said, can you be the person that can talk to the computer science team and to our executive leadership? And there was like, no one told me that was a role because I probably would have signed up for it, you know, early on. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's kind of funny how that all kind of plays together. And to, you know, answer to your question, you know, I appreciate the, the kind words and, you know, I've had, this is my eighth podcast and uh, if you add up the first sevens total view, total listens, uh, it doesn't equal the amount of listens that we've had on this one podcast. And most people probably wow. wouldn't even have known the names of them because not many people listened. Uh, and so I do give credit to the <laughs> fact that, you know, like 
I was an early adopter on on Google Plus. I ran one of the longest running shows on Google Plus and Google Hangouts. I had the luxury of interviewing likes of like Tony Robbins and Damon John, but the platform kind of fizzled out. And I think for a lot of people, they could look at that as like, well, I tried to be an early adopter. I tried something new. It failed. I'm going to stick to you know the spaces that are more concrete. For me, I looked at it and was like, how much fun was it that I got to set a culture? I got to, to try and push what is possible and teach others along the way. And so I owe a lot to like a lot of what others would look like as failures or Brian wasted his time on, on certain things. I don't look at any of them as a waste of time. They all were the things that allowed me to put things in my tool belt, you know, to really step into this. And then the other part of it is I have really two roles that I, I it kind of goes into my keynote and then the things I talk about, which is I always tell people to press the damn button, right? That's my, my saying is press the damn button. <laughs> yeah. And and the two goals on that is that first one is you have to remember and own that perfection as a fairy tale, right? I don't believe, you know, it's tough for a lot of us. We all want to do our very best, but uh, I'm very much own. Like I, I talk about on the podcast on a regular basis, what I've done wrong and the, the NFTs that I've gone wrong and what I've learned that I wish I knew, uh, you know, previously. And I think removing that barrier, I think helps for people to, to recognize that I'm, I'm no different in, in that sense. And then the second rule that was with the press the damn button is that control is an illusion. You can really only control yourself. You can't control what other people do or other people say. And for me, getting over the need to control an environment, like I recognize mm-hmm. that for me to do this, especially every single day, I could be nothing else but myself. Like anyone that's ever heard of anyone like, you know, catfishing or impersonating, that takes a lot of work, like a, a lot of work. Mm. And so for me, it was like, I'm just going to step in and, and recognize that I can't control how other people think of me or what, how I'm judged, but I can recognize that I don't need to be perfect. And those that can relate with me will relate with me. And it's, uh, it's really worked, you know, pretty magically in this web three space. And, you know, I still believe we're just getting started. Wow. I, I just love everything you just said there, because you've touched on something that I really do feel holds so many people back is that fear. And a lot of it is what fear of fear of failure, fear of what other people will think. And it is it's debilitating for so many people. And when Pam and I started this podcast, we had so many people come up to us and be like, oh, I'd love to start a podcast, but you know, I wouldn't know, wouldn't know where to begin. And I'm scared of what people think or if I get something wrong. And I'm like, who cares? Like that's all part of the journey, right? There's no such thing. Success doesn't come without a few failures. And I feel like in our society, we really put so much focus on what success should look like. And we don't talk enough about those failures. Like you've had, you've got hugely successful podcast now but you had seven before that that maybe no one ever heard about right and people don't don't people don't know that about you they just see fanzo now as this you know keynote speaker confident number one podcast they don't see all the things that you had to do to get there so that that really sort of leads me on nicely now because we do have a lot of um entrepreneurs and people that want to start their own projects and just get into this whole web free space what advice would you have for for people wanting to get started in, in Web three and, and or maybe launch their own projects? Like, what are you seeing in the market? How should founders be thinking right now? And um, how is it different from, say, a Web two business? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I love all the things that you added there as well. Right, I think 
um, you know, part of the failure conversation was that we really only didn't, we only discovered people's failures after they've already succeeded and way beyond like where we're at. Like, and, and I'm just a big believer in like, come along on the journey with me. I can't promise you're going to, you know, make money. I can't promise you're going to know everything, but I will promise you that we're going to learn together and we're going to figure this out as we go. And, and for me, like the other part of failure that I think is, is too often misstated is that it does hurt and failing is not fun and not something that anyone wants to do. And I actually like, I often challenge like it having, I don't like the, when it's presented, like it's a necessary evil or necessary step into success, because I think that actually mitigates that like failure. Yes, it, it, it could be difficult. It, it might hurt. You might be stuck in it for a while. But the beauty of failure is that if you can, if you believe in your heart that you will never settle for failure, failure is always temporary. Like I, 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 every time when I'm doing something, I'm like, well, it fails. I'll figure out what to do next and I'll go forward. And I think oftentimes the state of failure, we almost assume like, well, if I fail, then I can never do another podcast. And I'll just tell anybody, mm-hmm. you know, if you create a podcast that nobody listens, nobody knows that you even failed because nobody listened right like yeah like that's like the the, the the caveat there um and i you know like i in my podcast and like you know through I, I love to use things that like kind of remind me or keep things easy and i always we call it the 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 three dams in our in my kind of my my language was this first one being press the damn button right you won't know what works until you try it. I will argue that right now we haven't even tapped into 1% of what is possible in Web3. And so if you don't see someone doing something that you want to do in this space, it means we need you really bad. And if you see someone else doing it in this space, it means we need you really bad because we need more people doing kind of the great things and things um, kind of the right way. So that's where your press the damn button comes from. Uh, the other one I, I say is, uh, you know, raise your damn hand, which is just a simple way of saying like this opportunity in front of us is something that is just, it's beautiful. And there are lots of people that are going to sit back and listen to the podcast. Some people are going to take notes. Some people might get excited and build a strategy or, or think about doing something, but there's only a few people that are going to take action. And when you recognize that it is as simple as being the person that takes action and raises your hand, you know, if you go into a Twitter space and you have a question, do you have any people that are sitting next to you that probably have the same question and they just are hoping someone asks it and like going up and I, I tell people I've, I've done this for a long time is even if I think I know the answer to the question, I will often go into a room and ask a question because I think, well, maybe someone's going to tell me something I can learn. And what if it gives others a lesson there, you know, kind of in the audience? Uh, and then the, the last one, of course, is in the whole, like, you know, we hear about like, do your own research. And I, I added a, you know, do your own damn research, but the, the beauty of web three, <laughs> web three, yeah, it kind of just adds that little emphasis, uh, emphasis to the, the conversation. But I, I think the beauty of web three versus web two is that web three is encouraging and, and empowers transparency. It also allows us mm-hmm. to scale and, and create movements in ways that we were often either siloed or pre- prevented. And, and especially, you know, for, you know, our women audience or those that identify as women or non-binary that have been for far too long, you know, not only not given the seat at the table, but when given the seat at the table, not given the voice or the impact that, that not only have we needed as a, as a society in a world, but that was 
presented. And I look at this right now and say, like, this is the greatest opportunity to, to take what you want and what we need. And I do look at the culture that we're building. And, you know, I'm, you know, as big of an advocate and ally that I can, you know, humanly be as far as, you know, I believe in this space being very, um, you know, it, it, it's rewarding for those that are willing to stick up and support those that maybe have not been able to have that in Web2. And uh, I look at it every day as an opportunity to add, you know, inclusivity and also empower voices that we know this world needs. And I think anyone that can look at pre-pandemic and recognize that the world was pretty broken and we are, we're still figuring out how to come forward. And the beauty is we have two choices to go back to the way it was before and kind of just kind of go on our merry way or embrace the possibility that we can reimagine what a future looks like. And, you know, as a dad of three little girls, when I, when I look at them and think about, you know, how amazing can I be that already, like there are NFTs that my daughters hold that I, I look at them as mentors and leaders that my daughters are already inspired by and they're 12, you know, I, they, they have a ledger, they each have a ledger. So I've kind of, I've got them started a little early, but, uh, you know, for me, that's, that's part of what web three offers is it's a layer of transparency, but I think it's an untapped opportunity of possibilities. And so that's where I would definitely, you know, hopefully lean people towards. Hey, I hope that you are enjoying today's podcast. I am just popping on in here to say on the 23rd of September, we are opening the doors to the Sisterhood Club and the Sisterhood School. We will be launching 1,111 sister NFTs that will grant you immediate access to the Sisterhood School. So I encourage each and every one of you who listen to this podcast to please put your name down on the golden goddess list to get early access $50 off the mint price and a chance to win a one-on-one golden goddess so pause right now to go and do that because I do not want you to miss out and I really hope that you enjoy the rest of today's podcast oh I love that I love that that's, that's got me so excited and I'm just sort of sat there looking at Pam like because we felt exactly the same way when we started Sisterhood yeah we, we you know and, and we sat there and we thought do you know what? there's such a big opportunity in this mm. and we we as women do want to have a seat at the table we want to shape this we we want to go all in and just give this a go like let's just mm-hmm. go for it and mm-hmm. what you just said then about like looking for opportunities like Pam and I are very very passionate about education and self-development and it's definitely shaped our journey and shaped who we are today mm-hmm. which is why we're building sisterhood school as part of our utility to give people access to these courses on finances personal you know mindset self-love mm-hmm. all the things that you know we think is really important to live a full life right yeah. but the, 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 I think you're so right we are just getting started and I think what's super exciting is the innovation and the businesses that are going to be mm-hmm. they're going to come from this yeah. that's what excites me yeah. and I love to ask you now as well because you are so in this space and you're minting an NFT every single day which is just incredible right so what should people be looking for when they're minting, when they're buying into projects? Like, I, I'd love to know your process of what you go through when you are looking at projects. W- what's your thought process? What are you looking for? And what do you think makes a good 
project? Well, and I, and I love the mission of what you guys are, are, are building. And I believe there's so much in that empowerment conversation, right? Where it is about like knowing, I, I tweeted this out this morning. I said, we have to know our self-worth. And a couple of people fired back and said, Brian, where was I taught how to own my self-worth? And I said, I literally exactly. said, yeah, like I said, slide in my DMs. I got you, right? Like it was like, for me, it was like, let, let's talk about what that looks like. Let's, especially for creatives yeah. or artists or, you know, I don't know anyone, you know, most people in my world or my life, when they look at what's possible, it was always about like, okay, finding someone that looks like me or is me that has done it before. Yet we also know that we are all beautifully unique and have an opportunity to kind of step into what makes us, you know, that, you know, that unique person. And uh, I think that kind of ties into the answer on the, the NFT projects, right there. You know, I'm buying an NFT every day. So this is 283 days in a row, uh, buying an NFT. We've done it on 28 different blockchain marketplaces, uh, which most people don't even know. I didn't know there was that many, um, that that were available. Um, but you know, the, the goal of that was simply when I started the podcast, I was very aware that I I don't want to create something that was just for those that had the funds or the financial capabilities to jump into NFTs. And that really concerned me. And I said, what if I bought an NFT every day and I was able to capture what it was like every day with a different NFT project. And we could use that as a way for, to teach people and to show people all of the different um, utility. And I will tell you, we have every piece of utility you've ever imagined from fashion to music, to arts, to spoken word, to, you know, online courses, to membership, to in-person events. Uh, we have a, we have a, a great one from Australia about uh, for, for music and travel and, and I'll say the the project has opened my eyes to recognizing, first of all, that there are a lot of great people that want to accomplish great and impactful things. And I think the tough part with NFTs is that you have to understand that in many ways you're building a business. And you know, also yes. in the case of a year ago, what worked in this space is really no what no longer works. We are we are it's kind of like before Amazon and now with Amazon, like before we really didn't know we would buy something at the store and hope it was, you know, what we wanted or, or was, it was something that was good. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, before we buy something, we could read, you know, 12 blog pages, watch 10 videos, look at all the reviews on, on Amazon. And I would argue the NFT space is, is getting to the spot where we are smarter and we want to invest in, you know, great people and that are, are building something um, that can make a great impact. But that means you have to kind of have a, an understanding of your business plan and your objectives. And, and I will say one of my biggest things that I look for is kind of a, a clear definition of what does success look like for your project, right? And I love that you, you guys do that very mm-hmm. well, right? You sum, sum that up so easily. And I think for a lot of projects that that isn't the case. And I think that they might have a, a great vision, but if you haven't clearly and overly and over again and over again put it out there, how can any of us even know what it is that you want to accomplish or or what this is going to to be? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the other part of it too is I think there's there's a tendency to feel as though we have to do everything right away. And I will tell you the, I think the thing that we need more so than anything else is just great communicators, right? From a, from a storytelling perspective to an honest perspective, right? Like the blockchain is very transparent. I can, you can look at my wallet and look at any, every, every NFT, the good ones, the bad ones, the ones I should have sold and ones I shouldn't have sold. Um, the, the beauty of that is it opens the door. The scary part for that is that for a lot of people, that's, that is getting to that place of, I have to just recognize that I'm not 
perfect. And so as founders, I think overly communicating right now is something that I think is essential. I think it's something that you, and if maybe you're listening to this, you're like, that's not my skill set. But you, there's plenty of people you can partner on your team that you can bring on that can help communicate and tell that story. So I look at that communication component. And then I also, you know, I look at it as, you know, really comes down to one word and it comes down to trust, right? Can I trust the people that are building it, that they're going to deliver on the promises that they're making, which is utility and roadmap. And then do I also trust that what they want to accomplish is possible and that others might see that as well, right? And I think, you know, when you're getting into a project, there's some projects that I minted back in December. And I'll tell you, there was, I mean, there's one that comes to my heart right now. It's called Alpha Girl Club. It's an amazing project. And I discovered it and I minted it and there's a 10,000 piece collection. And on day one, there was only 47 sold. And I remember just shaking my head and going back and looking over my research. And I was like, it's a great project, a great founder, a great vision, great team. And what I recognized in that moment was that other people just haven't been exposed to that yet. And, you know, I was proud to say like two months later, they sold out the collection. They finally got some momentum. And then recently in New York, they actually rented out the entire Times Square to do yoga and mindset (sighs) in New York City as that project. And like, for me, it's like, yeah, it validated that, that piece where it was someone that I trusted. I believed in what they wanted to accomplish. And I understood that they had the path to make it happen. And just because it only sold a couple hundred the first day, uh, I was, I was, extremely confident that it was going to be a successful project. And uh, it's kind of cool to see that validated at the end as well. Yeah, I love that you've just shared that story because I think like, you know, like gone are the days now that people are just going to release an NFT project. It's just like purely art and it's just going to go boom, sell out 10,000 pieces gone. And I think what we're finding now is like when you see the builders in the bear market that are really being meaningful and intentional with what they're creating, like that's just been beautiful to see. And I love that you've just shared that, like they sold 47 and you're just like, what's going wrong? But like that consistency and just like showing up every single day and proving that you actually genuinely believe in what you're building, like when you get that momentum, it's it's just going to explode and it's going to sell out. And that is, that's such a great story. So thank you so much for sharing that. And, you, you know, just touching upon how it's, you know, the NFTs have really, change from just being project pieces to they are businesses right and that's what Georgie and I have actually said from day dot this isn't just a project for us this isn't about a PFP this isn't about a sellout we are building a business for the future we want to have impact and to us it wouldn't matter if you know it was 47 the first day or it was a sellout at the end of the day we're in this we're in this for the long term and you know building that community can sometimes happen overnight for other people you know it does take a while to just like show up and gain that momentum on what it is that you're doing but really building a sustainable business for the long term is is absolutely I think what you would need to come in you know to this space mm-hmm. to do now and we've got a lot of people that are brand new to the space that are actually in our community and if you were to sort of um, speak to our community at the moment and, and our audience like what what would you say that people should be looking out for when investing in their first NFT like what are, what are the pitfalls that people should be avoiding so I mean it's a great question I, I preach that I think everyone must be a collector before they're a creator so I think for anyone that's like hey I have an idea for my first NFT I don't work with anyone that comes to me with that idea I come back and say I want you to collect first I want you to go understand some of these nuances it's not that everything is brand new, but you're going to get a lot of aha moments. You're going to get some emotional 
you know, feelings that you're, you weren't even expecting. And there are actually some positive things that are going to help impact you. So I think the first thing I always just say is like, I really hope that people become a collector before um, they're a creator. And then the second part of it is look at the, the first couple NFTs that you're buying, not for that idea of financial gain, rather looking at it as an investment on learning. And if you look at it and saying, hey, this is money that I'm spending to learn and, 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 and embrace this curiosity, then it's more about like finding art that you like or a project that others are in as well. Like I really think, you know, going in it alone, um, it can be a little bit scary. The beauty of it is, you know, once you own that NFT, there's, you know, a couple hundred or thousand other people that are, are with you on that ride. You all are there because you, you benefit and rise together. Like that rising tide lifts all ships. I feel like web three enables that unlike anything I've ever, ever seen before. Uh, and then the, yes. the other part of it, you know, when you're looking at the projects itself, don't overthink it because like you, you, it's early when you're starting, you don't know what you don't know. And in many cases, people yeah. will, will kind of get overwhelmed by there. And I think it's a beautiful thing to kind of go into it and say, like, I'm going to learn and try things out. And, and as I'm learning and trying things out, for me, it's an opportunity to discover a lot of things on that. And uh, I think the only caveat to that is uh, we do have to be, you know, as far as the security components, like I think, you know, taking the security aspect, you know, extremely serious. I, I worked a, 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 you know, a whole decade in cybersecurity. Um, yet I was very public back on March 12th. My, you know, my wallet was compromised and, uh, myself and three others were part of a, an exploit, uh, that, took $1.8 million worth of NFTs from, uh, from the three of us. And, you know, for me, as someone that has worked a decade in cybersecurity, I don't say that to scare people off. I just say that, that, that the number one vulnerability that we have in almost every one of these cases is just us as humans, right? Like my daughters were on the computer. They were playing Roblox. I told them I need to go buy my NFT for the night. I kind of kicked them off the computer. Um, I clicked one wrong button and rather than me reading what was on the pop-up, I just clicked the button, you know, underneath it. And it was, it was on me. I would, yes, there were some things that, that happened that were, you know, some bad people doing some bad things, but ultimately I clicked on yeah. the button without reading. If I would have taken three more seconds just to read, I would have recognized that I, that what it was telling me it was doing was not what I was, was trying to do. But I, I think there are some great onboarding as far as like the security and your wallets. And you also just, I think for everyone that's kind of thinking about getting into this space, like there is no better time than right now, because this space, like for those of us that are here, right. Those of us that are, are still kind of here. We, we want to onboard and support. And, and I will tell you that that day I got compromised. It was one of the most violating things that I had had happen to me online ever. I, I was, I was really, it really hit me hard. And a couple of my favorite projects that I had minted nine months ago and never listed once for sale were, were stolen from my wallet. And I, I posted it publicly. I'm, I'm kind of a, a content person to begin with. So the first thing I did when I realized it was I hit screen record on my computer and I had the whole thing, like as the NFTs were leaving my wallet, I have the whole thing documented. But I, I posted it out there and said, oh my goodness, this collection that I've been building, my wallet was just compromised. And I'll share this, you know, within the first 12 hours, 17 project founders went into their own personal bag and said, Brian, send me your wallet. I'll send you a replacement NFT oh. to replace the one in your collection. And for me, wow. that, that signed everything. It was like, oh my, like these people, 
they understood what I was trying to do from the bigger vision. And, you know, I, I own the fact that I was the one that clicked on the wrong button, but they also were willing to come there and be that support. And uh, to me, that's just a, a beautiful, you know, use case. I Now I own multiples of those 17s, those 17 people that kind of reached yeah. out to me. But, you know, like, <laughs> that's the beauty of the space. There are there are some bad people in here doing some bad things. There are still some some bro-y people that just that are unfortunately still kind of playing from a playbook that was that will soon be outdated. I, I firmly believe that. But I do believe as a whole, this this space is uh, a beautiful opportunity to connect with some great people that are, are doing great things. And, and really, there's no better time to get in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like the security pieces, it's it's so important, right? And especially with the type of project and the business that we're building, we obviously were looking to educate and bring women into the space. And I hate saying this, but it's just fact, right? Women do not earn as much money. There is obviously that pay gap and like as a whole and a generalization, you know, we've not got as much of a disposable income. So for me, if one of the women that had bought into Sisterhood Club ended up getting, you know, pieces stolen from them or got got their wallets compromised that would really hit me really really hard so that's why Georgie and I have been really passionate about making sure that people are as educated as possible and that comes from like the content that we are creating like what people learn through the podcast or newsletter like what we're actually putting out with our lives like educating people as much as possible but also not scaring them off mm. You know, so it's like trying to trying to find that that fine balance. But you are right; like it's just like such a wonderful community, and I've really found it just like such a beautifully collaborative and supportive place to be. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've absolutely loved about it. It's been very welcoming. And you know, just to like go back to like raising your hand, I think I had a moment when you were talking about putting up your hand, asking the questions. You know, if you don't ask, you don't know. And I think like that is so important. But I feel as though that really stems back to like the inner child in all of us. You know, mm-hmm. being at school and being absolutely petrified to put your hand up in case you ask something stupid and the whole class laughs at you you know Um, but you know the online space it's been so far um, any question that I've asked like even back at the beginning I was like right okay this could really possibly come across as a bit stupid but I'm just going to ask it anyway and it's been absolutely brilliant people just come together and make sure that they are offering their value and I just I think that that's just really really important um, to be able to share and bounce off each other. So that's absolutely fantastic. But I'd also like to like stem into, I listened to one of your podcasts where you actually spoke about attention span. And I absolutely love this, right? Um, it was a light bulb moment for me when you were saying how like people go on about the kids these days having like a really short attention span when in actual fact they are just exposed to so much that they just do not have time for shit content (laughs) and I thought that is absolutely hilarious I have like you know they're they're grown up in a world where they've got so much at their fingertips and it's it's not an attention span problem so it's not easy to capture the attention of people in your target community these days so in terms of like web3 content right you do such a great job job of it like what is your advice for the builders out there right now people are just at the beginning of their project they're gearing up towards their launch whatever stage they're at like what's your advice for people out there to capture the web3 community's attention and and maintain that attention of the people as the projects are going to grow over time well yes i i, I mean I, I mean think about it from an attention perspective it's such an interesting you know conversation right it's because so funny. you know it is and, and i love that you you know, kind of connected that and um you know, I will say for those that are you know, in that building phase, like the, I think the beauty of this space, and and I, I will also just tap in to say that, you know, 
I believe we can create a future where the idea that women are paid less is no longer the case that I, and I, and I believe yes. web three is, is mm. that vehicle to make that happen. And, and damn it, if we're not going to make mm. that, you know, uh, part of the, you know, kind of this overall, you know, mission and our ability to expose people no matter where, you know, they are in the world, no matter who they are, like there's so many, you know, great musicians that none of us have heard their music. So many, uh, you know, talented artists who's, you know, have never felt like they could, uh, spend the time, you know, working on, you know, sharing their craft. And, uh, I believe that's partially what I, you know, kind of keeps me motivated as a, as a technologist is that I believe the technology is here to make us shine as humans, not to replace what we do as humans and not to get in our way. And, you know, with that in mind, you know, part of building a community in this space, it can be very overwhelming and even creating content can be very overwhelming, you know, doing a podcast, doing a newsletter, as you mentioned, the advice I would have is, you know, give people access to you. Like the word I always talk about is access. And, you know, the Gary V always talks about there's a different approach to creating content versus documenting your journey. And for a lot of people, they'll tell me, Brian, I know everything about you. You're creating content all the time. And I'm like, not really. I mean, this year I have been because I'm doing a podcast every day. But for the most part, people felt like I was creating content all the time. But I was really just documenting things, right? Setting up a camera and creating what I'm creating and kind of talking out loud. And a lot of times I will capture things with no intention of sharing it. But down the road, it might be a great vehicle or it might be a great opportunity to let people in. And so I think for a lot of people, it they're like, okay, I have to build this. I have to create the build this business this way. I need to communicate this. I need to build community. I actually think that communicating mm. and that building community is fluid throughout the the entire time and and kind of giving you know I, I don't know what the, you know the, let them in to see how the sausage is made or so that they can you know they can really mm -hmm. see the process. And I will tell you, you know, when I talk about marketing right now in Web three, I firmly believe the future of marketing is relatability. How can you relate? with yes. people. And the beauty thing is if you let mm -hmm. people in and realize that you're not perfect and that you're learning as well, guess what? Those people are learning as well. They're not perfect. And all of a sudden we connect on some things that I think have been far too, uh, you know, kind of eliminated uh, from our uh, exposure. And then the last thing I'll just share on that kind of idea of, you know, as we're kind of thinking about building is I believe we have to recognize that we don't have to build alone, right? For whatever reason in Web3 and NFTs, like everyone has to create a Discord from scratch. Everyone has to create a Twitter account. And then we have to create, a, we have to go out a following. We have to get everybody on a whitelist. I believe we're moving past that. I, I like my prediction is we're going to create kind of ecosystems and, you know, collaboration opportunities where we're going to be able to grow together. Let's, let's build on top of what we're, each other are building and, and just continue to raise the bar. And so for those that are out there and you might feel overwhelmed, just recognize that I believe the opportunity to find others to work with other projects to work with. And, and we're starting to see that more and more. I mean, I've had, I think eight or nine podcasters that are NFT podcasters, on my podcast, and people are like, I would get messages every time, like fans, like, what are you doing? Like, why would you? And I was like, we need more education. We need more opportunities to learn. Yep. And I've, if mm -hmm. I can bring them on mm -hmm. and, and highlight them to my audience, why would I not take that opportunity? And I think if, if we can have that, and you know, and I'll say like my, you know, the mantra of our podcast is, is that we is greater than me, right? I talk about it a lot on the show. Mm -hmm. And I truly, if you believe mm -hmm. that we, that together we can do bigger and better and make bigger impact um, than we could individually. I think web three is the greatest space to, you know, to get involved in. 
Amazing. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with that. Oh, and, oh, <laughs> I know. And, and that's kind of the reason why Pam and I started this podcast because we wanted to meet other female founders and yeah. and other founders in the Web3 space as well mm. and just bring them on mm. and, and, and share our stories. And, and at the end of every podcast, we always have a really good chat and we always say, look, if there's anything I can do for you and vice versa, we're running an in real life event um, in a few weeks time. And we've got a lot of those people in the podcast coming to that event. We're going to be partnering up. And, and that's what it's all about for us yeah. really is like fun. elevating fun, you know, mm. just just all going on this journey together and supporting mm. each other but and so I just I've absolutely loved this conversation today I've just literally smiled throughout the whole thing but I'd love to get your thoughts I know no one's got a crystal ball but where where do you think Web3's going what do you think we are you know what is the future in your personal opinion of you know what what is next so I mean I think the the beauty of this space is that you listen to all the things we've talked about so far none of that is created overnight None of that is based on short-term success. And I think, unfortunately, the NFT market as we've known it is very controlled by variables that we can't control, right? The How the market is going. What is the price of, of, of a cryptocurrency that we don't have any control on? But if I look at the what what is being built right now, it's the idea that short-term waves aren't going to impact those that are delivering on long-term missions, right? So I look at this as like, we are weeding things out. And I'm not one that says, like, I'm glad that the market has, has had a tough time recently, because uh, I think there's also been a lot of great projects and great people that we probably left the space. Um, unfortunately, right, they've been either, you know, burnt out, or um, they're given up. And, and I, I think hopefully we can, you know, find ways to onboard and, and even for give people that maybe have made mistakes early um, in this arena, because let's face it, you know, when it's the wild, wild west and people are doing things, even oftentimes outside of their character, um, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things that maybe we're not proud of. But I, I do believe as a, a culture and a society that, we, you know, we are all not perfect. And, and I hope that we can you know, kind of walk through that way. Um, and I, you know, if I looked at the, like the future, you know, people talk a lot about like mass adoption or what is like, I don't really, I, we're not ready for mass adoption at this moment. Like this, as a culture, as a community, the tools, the technology, like we need more innovation to protect us from ourselves, right? The fact that the button that I clicked on that, that took NFTs out of my wallet is the same color as the button would have bought an NFT to me is just, it's a crying shame that like, how would we not change the, the UI UX experience? And it's because we're just very early. And I, and I think so with that in mind, I think it's less about how do we get more people or everybody into the space, but how do we empower people that are doing it well to tell their friends, right? Because like that's the, uh, and so my prediction in the, especially in the education side of this is we have to think of it from a train the trainer perspective versus just educating like kind of the masses, which means I not only have to help teach you how to, to, to understand the security and, and understand NFTs, but I want to teach you so well that you can teach others. And I think that is such a beautiful byproduct. And I think we're starting to see it, you know, with some of the projects that, you know, are, are kind of coming, you know, incubating other projects and and they're bringing them um, kind of into their their space and then the, the the I'd say the other prediction I'll throw out there is that you know a lot of the the technology that we believe will make things even you know more accessible is not there yet either right so like it's not only we're not ready as a culture but like some of the things that blockchain can enable now that we know it like oh, okay we want like i mean just recently uh you know the founder of ethereum uh, vitalik came out and was like i think we should have nfts that are not able to be sold 
or traded. And he referred to them as soul bound tokens. And I was like, Mm -hmm. yes, like think about that from our our passports, our driver's license, our birth certificates, you know, but the technology is not there yet. So now that we have the idea, there are all these amazing innovative people that are going to help kind of, you know, drive that forward. And so I think we're going to see some of those things, but I, I think Unfortunately, just to, to be, uh, you know, kind of honest, I don't believe we as a, as a like kind of like, where's the bar of innovation? I think we have a couple more years of very similar space, right? Where we're, we're, we're learning. There's still going to be people, people that are going to unfortunately fall for scams or click on the wrong buttons. And we just have to recognize that those things are going to happen because we're all human. And that I think a lot of the innovation will happen on the fact that we are going to build each other up. We're going to help some of this technology learn. Like, I mean, I must be, I think right now I have nine apps on my phone that are in beta where people just reached out and said, Brian, could you test this? And I might easily say, you know, pay me to test it. Or I could say, like, I don't have the time. But if I believe in the space and if I can share my feedback and how I'm using something, um, then that's kind of where I look at it. So I, I, I do think it's, you know, we're going to have to kind of roll with the punches uh, through some of these, uh, you know, these you know growing pains. But I think ultimately, I mean, anyone that's, I mean, I, I love doing Twitter spaces right now because the people that are here that are showing up, they, they have good hearts. There's some really, just really amazing people that, you know, inspire me daily, that excite me every day. And uh, I think, you know, who doesn't want to surround yourself with people that are, are trying to big, you know, make something happen, you know, bigger than themselves. And I think we're going to continue to kind of grow upon that over the next couple of years. Yeah, I love that. And I, I think I just, just on a personal note, obviously, you're like top girl dad. Um, you know, you talk about doing content that's really authentic. And one of the one of the one of the moments for me, I thought, right, OK, I, I really do like this guy now. He's inspired <laughs> me. He's educated me. He's got me into building this business. But um, when you were at the VCon conference mm-hmm. and um, you left the next day to go to a dance show for your daughters and I thought not there's a guy that's got his priorities right but like you've got three daughters I've got two um absolute beautiful little human beings right and I think that it is going to take people like you and I in this space that are going to create a world that we want our daughters to be a part of and that was a huge part of my inspiration for joining Georgie on the journey of building sisterhood club as well and the sister the sisterhood school that we've got behind that as part of the utility because I really want like women and young children to be involved in our sisterhood club because I feel that the education that you get at school doesn't necessarily set you up for thriving in the Mm -hmm. world and you know we talk about raising our hands we talk about speaking up we talk about asking the questions but unfortunately for whatever reason I genuinely feel that young girls do leave school not having that confidence built Mm -hmm. up and it it takes for us to be adults before we start Mm self-educating um and I see some really like wonderful, wonderful young girls out there that just, you know, they just don't quite have that intrinsic self-confidence and they don't have the tools at their disposal, you know, to, to be set up to thrive. And, and that's certainly what we want to create with the Sisterhood Club. We want to really make sure that we're empowering and educating and, and encouraging women and girls to, to use their voice. So it really is if, if you, I just want to make sure that people out there that have got ideas that they feel that can contribute to making the world a better place, get involved in Web3. There's so many people out there that want to help, encourage, uplift and, and inspire and provide everybody for a platform. We're, we're all here. We can all join, yeah. join together and just make Web3 a wonderful place to be. 
So thank you so much for, mm. for serving as an inspiration. And for people that are starting a business like and they do have a family fans, so what how how do you manage to strike a balance between that? Because you know, you talk about creating content and being really authentic and it coming from an authentic place. And I I kind of just go on and I, I, I chat and I talk and it's just a part of my day because genuinely it, creating content is very, very time consuming. And I love like that authenticity piece. Um, but how, how have you gone about just to, on a personal note, how do you manage to strike that balance between parenthood and doing exactly what you do to show up every single day? Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I love the the mission that you talked about. I, I got goosebumps a little bit just thinking about, you know, my daughters being able to grow up in a world that they recognize that not only does their voice matter, but their voice is important. And that, uh, yes, you know, I think yes. for, you know, one of the things you mentioned there, I think is that is so vital is that, you know, you don't have to create everything. You don't have to be the artist. I, I like to say I'm like artistically challenged, uh, although I'm playing a lot with AI <laughs> art right now, which is a heck of a lot of fun, but uh, that's a whole nother uh, kind of sideshow but um you know i would say you know like I, i'm co-parenting uh and i and you know shout out to all those that are also co-parents that is uh an adjustment i think one of the things that i learned you know as a co-parent was that some of the things that i painted the the picture of you know me being you know married and three kids and and this like white picket fence um although that is no longer the case you know as a co-parent i'm able to kind of reimagine what it is that i can create and establish and and i think that to me is what is keeps me motivated in what I do now, right? I, I mean, you mentioned the VCon thing and, and I, I love that you highlighted that. Cause like I told my, my daughters, no, I travel a lot and we were very open in like daddy's travel. And I just made a promise. I was like, I won't miss your birthdays ever. Like, I don't care how big of a speaking gig it is. I don't care where I'm at in the world. And, and when Gary V had posted that, that was when VCon was, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. It's on my daughter's birthday. And, and I was like, what? Uh, and, uh, and I said, uh, you know what? I'll show up the night before. I didn't even make it, you know, to, to day one of the event. Cause I, I showed up the night before, mm-hmm. got to meet with some people and I, and I flew back and, and for me, I wasn't doing that to, to, to be a, a good dad. It was actually, I was doing that to kind of like honor the, the promise and the, the commitment I made. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's where mm-hmm. for me, you know, there are mistakes that I've made. There's things that I can uh, be better at, but I, I really, I had to move away from trying to find a balance because I feel like I always was out of balance in one way or the other. I I really just try to own that if I'm, if I'm doing something, if I'm away from my daughters, that I'm going to spend every minute that I'm away from my daughters soaking up every minute of that experience and living it to the fullest. And then when I am at home with my daughters, that I can do that same. And, and I think, you know, even, you know, with the podcast and buying an NFT every day, like I sat my girls down when I said I was going to do the podcast and I said, daddy's going to have to, you know, sacrifice a couple of things. And are you guys okay yeah. on the weekends that you guys are with me that I might have to spend an hour recording a podcast episode. And of course my, my daughters are like, well, daddy, you're so loud. We would have to play outside because you talk so loud. And, you talk so- <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, you know, we can figure that out. But um, to me, that, yeah. that, that was part of the beautiful thing. And I will also say like, you know, for me, the, 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 bigger motivation in like being myself is that like, I want, I I believe everybody in the world, you know, should recognize that like their superpower, their gift is, is ultimately what makes them unique. And that's themselves. And I wanted my daughters to see that I wear bright pink shoes on stages. I have, uh, you know, I wear, uh, my girl, my daughters will open my phone, like daddy, your Twitter profile is another picture of, you know, a girl NFT that you own. And, And for me, they get to see that like I'm unapologetic about, 
you know, the things I believe in, the people that I'm supporting. And I love that they get to see that because I think to your point earlier on education, I think the other thing that's missing is that we just have to let people see that they're not alone in some of these scenarios. And that, you know, for anyone that's out there and you're like, I don't know where I could help or where I could make an impact. I would just challenge you like support and amplify and, and like, thank you. And, 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 and let people know like, Hey, I, I appreciate you sharing that, or I love that you put that out there. Like, it's amazing how far support like that could go because I can tell you this daily podcast would not be a daily podcast if it wasn't for all of the amazing feedback that I get throughout this, this year, because there are days where I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I have to record again. Like you gotta be kidding. I, I've got COVID twice in the last 45 days. And I was like, I was like, well, here comes the, the test. And, and for me, I open up my phone and I have a DM from someone that says, Brian, I felt like I had to give up on my, my true love of art. And it wasn't until your podcast that I was able to realize that there's, you know, my art is in my future. And, and for me, it's like, Oh, now I'm showing back up. I'm going to press the damn button. And so, uh, for all of those that are are kind of wondering where they fit, I would, I would say supporting, amplifying, and just showing people that you care about them in this space, it goes longer and further than, uh, anyone, uh, can imagine. And I, and I think that's just kind of a beautiful thing of this space as well. Yeah. And I I think it's just so powerful that Mm -hmm. you, you know, your kids don't do as you say, they do as you do. Right. And by the fact of that you're showing up every single day and your your girls actually see you using your voice, they're going to grow up knowing that they have one and they have the ability to yeah. use it. So I think that's just so powerful. And yeah, you're you're doing a grand job yeah. from from looking from the outside in, you know, yeah, you're absolutely. you're doing a stale job. That's it, because children just soak it up, right? So I think it they watch what you do, they don't listen to what you say often. So I love that. But mm. I think that's a beautiful way just to round off this podcast. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed myself and I could literally sit here and chat to your day. And I'm sure soon we will meet in real life because uh, Pam and I will definitely be getting around um, some of the conferences and all the amazing things that this Web3 space has to offer. But Fanzo, for those of you, those listening that want to go and find out more about you, where should we send them? Where should we uh, tell them to go? Of course. And uh, I mean, I would love to come back down to Australia. I've, I've been there uh, four yes. times myself. Uh, and But it has been yeah. since uh, uh, late 2019 since I was back. So I would love to love to come back. Maybe we'll be able to meet there as well. And and I, and, I, and then shout out to Australia just as a whole. I love what uh, you know what both of you are building is you know I will say there's a lot of Aussies that I get to come in contact with in this space and someone had asked me a question like I I love I mean Australia was one of my uh when I was there I think it was day two uh, someone looked at me and like Brian you're like happy and I was like these are my people like they're you're very free flowing <laughs> and and like there's like yeah. self-deprecating humor and like just like this like don't yeah. take yourself too serious but you understand yeah uh and I I will say like this space for those people that kind of like recognize that like we're not perfect and that we can we can show up and that we're okay asking questions uh that it's, it's just a it's a great thing and i and i see that and i threw uh, a lot of my favorite projects happen to have uh people from australia uh in their team and yeah so our podcast is uh nft 365 it's available in uh every single uh podcasting app uh we are buying an nft every day we're selling the whole collection so we're holding on to uh all 365 of them uh until november 11th and then 
Uh, we're going to sell them as one. So one person will buy one NFT. And with that NFT, they get 365 uh, NFTs, kind of like a time capsule of everything that's going on. So I'd uh, love to have you know, people support on that journey and, and share with what we're going there. And uh, you know, I'm, you know, I am a speaker full time. And so brianfanzo.com is the website with all the, the speaking. I, I get to travel the world as a, uh, as a speaker and speak at different events. So I, I look forward to seeing you guys uh, at an event for sure. And, and maybe we can record a podcast oh, yeah. in person, which I think is even more fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Are you going to well, be a speaker at one of our in real life events? I was just about to say, <laughs> Fanzo could headline another sisterhood social. So yeah. there you go. We'll get you down in Australia to, to host that. <laughs> Let's do it. That sounds good to me. Let's Done. make it happen. <laughs> you could bring the girls as well. We'll love that. Oh, but yeah. listen, absolutely fantastic <laughs> to have you here today. And for everyone that's listened, thank you for listening. Make sure you go and follow and support Fanzo. And uh, we'll see you all next one. Take care. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, please give a little share on your social. And if you have time, please leave a review. And I hope to see you next time. Take care.